Hey, longtime listeners, it's your old buddy Shades here, and I want to tell you about the brand new Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch Kids Club for adults who are basically still kids at heart. Okay, let me tell you about this. Do you remember tuning in every Saturday morning to your local Fox or WNAC affiliate? Mine was Fox 64, and I tuned in every Saturday morning with Glee. Saturday morning cartoons were a source of existential joy for me, and they upped their game with the WNAC 64 Kids Club. I remember mailing in, getting my welcome kit. I got an incredibly well-made gold-plated holographic membership card that's more robust than some of my current adult credit cards. I still have it. Got a decoder ring. Didn't decode anything. Trading cards for my favorite cartoons and monthly mailers that dovetailed with the branded interactive content that aired during the commercial breaks. Genius. So after two years, we thought it was about time to create that experience for our very own and start our Geeking Out Kids Club. We've got a whole bunch of swag to share with you when you support the show over at www.patreon.com slash shades and sketch at this level a three-month commitment will mail you your very own geeking out kids club member pack guys you're gonna get a unique 8 by 11 poster uh you're gonna get trading cards you're gonna get a membership card and quite frankly sketch really outdid himself on the design for this one think blockbuster meets sequest so head on over to patreon.com slash shades and sketch. Guys, we're a fan-supported show, and you're helping us keep the lights on in the GoCo, and we want to go the extra mile for you. So one more time, that's patreon.com slash shades and sketch. Head on over and get your very own Geeking Out Kids Club member pack today. Guys, don't wait too long because supplies are limited. Oh, salutations, Traveler. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is Geeking Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch. Welcome back, longtime listeners. Welcome back, Shades. Welcome back, Sketch. Um, Guys, every time you join us in our GoCo, our Geeking Out Command Outpost, you join us in a different corner of uh, of the big geek multiverse this week. Shades and I, you're gonna you're gonna yell at us because we're not uh, social distancing as well because we are at an eating establishment. We are, which but is we, amazingly open. But we it's because we've skipped dimensions. Yes, we are not in our uh, current dimension. Little dicey out there right now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so we are just uh, re- we're relaxing our haunches down here at the uh, at the uh, the old Manticore tavern yeah new newly reopened yes uh newly re redesigned i wouldn't say renovated i wouldn't say renovated what's the what's the uh what would be the opposite of renovated it's it's uh, I, I don't know it's gone backwards but in a good way in a good v- way vintage shall we say <laughs> geek chic for the ooh, geek chic i like that for this world it's vintage and we're just uh we're nibbling on some Griffin nuggets. And, slightly uh, charred, but delicious. Slightly charred, but delicious. Not going not gonna to send it back again for being too No. Old. We learned no. our lesson. We yes. learned our lesson. Um, 
So, guys, if we are at the Manticore's Tavern, nibbling on some Griffin Nuggets, <laughs> that must mean we we're are talking, talking about now. Onward. Onward. Disney Pixar's Onward. I was going to say uh, kind of direct to digital, but only because of circumstances. Only because of circumstances. Only yes. because of circumstances. Um, but before we get into the shades, do we have a theme song? Oh, uh, I believe we do sketch. It's an oldie, but a goodie. goodie. Oh, right. let's tune it up. It's D&D. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's, it's D&D. D&D. Never kissed a lady before. Nope. Woo. Perfect. D&D. Legends of Yore. Quests of Yore. It's all tied together. Did I ever, did I ever tell you uh, Elise got to work with Mark Tyke? No. Oh, wait. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. It, w- it, it wasn't recently. It was, no, it was no, a couple no, years ago. It was a while yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good yep. guy. I remember that. So, guys, um, we are talking onward in this uh, in this episode of GoCo. It or of geeking out in this in in the GoCo corner of the GoCo, yes, uh, as you were, but um, yeah, kind of a uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a, it's a strange time out there right now, you know, and you uh, can't really take in the movies that we're we're used to taking in. So luckily, Disney, you know, threw us this nice bone. And uh, and release early digital release. Yeah, um, other companies have kind of followed suit with some with some other properties, but mostly everyone else is pushing stuff back. Yeah, yep. So uh, good on Disney with this one. Yeah, good job. And and it was certainly a bit of a way to recoup because it it did officially release in theaters for a couple of weeks. It did. I was I think it was in theaters for about a, a, a full week. There you go. It came out on March third. And that and is shut down on the 16th. Just a bummer. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I would imagine, I'm going to ask this question of you, Shades, but I imagine it's going to be pretty light. Shades, what is your history with Disney's Onward? Oh, my history? Uh, well, Sketch, I'm glad you asked. Um, I watched this day of recording is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I watched this yesterday. Is it Tuesday? Oh, my it is, God. Yeah, I know. Okay. Time has like no meaning. It's all no meaning. Wobbly. It has no meaning. It's like uh, living in the GoCo permanently. Twenty four seven. Yeah, it just all becomes disorienting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watch, watch. Started on Sunday. Fell asleep. Finished wow. it on Monday before my rental ran out. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was uh, it worked out. Perfect. And uh, I, I remember them publicizing it and going, "Oh, is this a Smurf movie?" Uh, yeah, there's definitely a Smurf tone to it. Yeah, when they a, when they did the first trailer, visual. I'd say we should do Smurf sometimes, but I have no interest to do those Smurf movies. I would rather do the Smurf cartoon from the '80s. Oh, sure, yeah. Before yeah. I did the Smurf movies, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a Smurf vehicle, not a Smurf vehicle, not a uh, Smurf vehicle. And I don't know, it never nothing in me was like, oh, I gotta see Onward. Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. had that reaction, and um. 
I enjoyed it. And there you go. That brings us to history. today. Sketch, what's your history with Onward? Um, I did want to see it um, when I first saw it. I thought it was a neat premise. And, um, you know, I, I won't say Pixar never leads us wrong, but it's, it's got a good record. Yeah. It's it's got a it's got a good strong record of successful movies. So I would agree uh, with that. I, I'm typically always down for a Pixar movie. Um, I was excited that it was Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. I was I was down for that, and um, just kind of the premise of this fantasy world blended melded with the our modern day world um, had me excited. So when it came out, I was all ready to go until uh, the proverbial shit hit the fan. <laughs> and uh, so when they announced they were going to release it digitally, I was like, oh, sweet. Because I still have Disney Plus and going to be keeping the Disney Plus because okay. Doodle is addicted oh. to Mickey Magic Clubhouse or whatever it's called. Oh my goodness, okay. Just addicted. And when we need a little <laughs> something to placate him, that's the go-to. Mickey's Magic Clubhouse. Yeah, something like that. Cool. Oh, toodles. They say that every episode. <laughs> three or four ah, times an episode. That might have it. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Then I, I watched it with the missus last week at some point. And then uh, today, in preparation for you and I getting together in the GoCo at the, at the tavern, I, uh, I put it on again while I was uh, beginning the art for this episode. This very episode. Very cool. And that's my history. I have a, I have a um, subsection B to my question for you, Shay. Okay. What is your history with D&D? Okay. Uh, my history with D&D. Um, I, I came to it late. Yep. Enjoyed it mm -hmm. when I came to it. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've only, I think I've only played ever like a like half dozen campaigns. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. like, you know, campaigns can last weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I would. Yeah. So uh, I did eventually come to D and D, but not until after college, mm. um, and enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I had a follow up question for you, Sketch. Uh, but sure. you know, how about your how about your history with with D and D? I have, I have no history with D and D other than I would really like to play D and D. I would also um, really like to play D and D. Yeah, I just don't really have a a group. It's not a solo game. I no, I don't know if you've no. noticed that. Um, so I've always been aware of it. I've just never had the opportunity to play it. Longtime listeners, if you're a DM, we want to play Dungeons and Dragons with you. Yeah, we really do. Um, I am going to be playing, I believe, starting this summer, uh, a board game that is like a D&D light called Gloomhaven. Okay. I'm a campaign of that this summer. I'll, I'll, keep mid, I'll, I'll keep us up to date on midstreams on how that's going. That'll be like my first foray really into the into the actual play of it. I think I understand it well enough just by seeing it in media. I was a hunter with a bear familiar. Mm -hmm. uh, my bear was named Armor Bear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was fun. I'm surprised you didn't have a pig. Uh, it, we did not have a, a pig piece. Oh, I had a bear. That's a bummer. I also, it was, it was like a dire bear. I could ride him into ba battle. Oh, sure. He's sure. a big, big powerful If you're going to get a bear. Yeah, you better it's be, be a riding that bear. bear. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what Putin's been teaching us for years. Yeah. Uh, you had a backup question. Another question for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, sketch. What is uh, what is your history with Magic the Gathering? 
Oh, Magic the Gathering. I've played a handful of times. Um, I have one friend who is a closeted Magic the Gathering player. <laughs> uh, he, he lets very few people, a very small circle of people know that he plays. Um, and I, and I think that that has even, um, that window has closed. I don't think he's even playing anymore, but I have played Magic the Gathering a handful of times with him. What kind of, what kind of deck do you use? He gave me a basic starter deck to teach me the game. Oh, okay. Was it a wa- was it a water deck? That sounds familiar. Okay. Cool. How about you? I I got heavily right about the same time I started playing D anD D. I started playing Magic: The Gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pretty sick life gain white deck with uh, creatures, and uh, dude, that's difficult for me because I don't see color. It's a it's a pretty crazy deck that I can still play people with and win even though i haven't acquired new cards since 2010 wow i got very into it does magic do that thing where they um they retire cards because they no longer yes. work in them yeah yeah they retire cards they put out i think they put out uh you know one new set a year and then boosters every quarter gotcha and then they and then they retire cards every year but cool. that, now they also do something called legacy, which is that you know you can use your old cards in your old decks. Sure, I get it. And uh, it's it's kind of they've they've started experimenting with like double sided cards and and like combining things. And I I am not current on Magic the Gathering. You're a purist. You're a purist. No, I uh, I learned the game. I had fun with it, and and then the game changed a lot, and I didn't have fun with it anymore. That always gets frustrating. Yeah. When you um, and this isn't just for Magic the Gathering, but for no, any it's for everything. Out there. Yeah. When you uh, change change the core concept of something enough to uh, to get new people in, but you leave old ones behind, that's just right. frustrating. It is just it frustrating. Is. Um, it is, yeah. So, and I guess back to onward, though. Back to yeah. onward. Shades, but, do you have a history? Not. Of you and not of me, but of of the movie itself. <clears throat> yes, I do. Sketch. Um, Onward was announced at D twenty three in July of twenty seventeen as a quote unquote suburban fantasy world film. Onward was inspired by the death of um, director Dan Scanlon's father uh, when he and his brother were very young. And the story came into development after Scanlon heard a voice recording of his dad. Uh, In December of 2018, the film was revealed and a minor script rewrite was done in early 2019. VO for the film was not conducted until December of 2019, which seems incredibly late, uh, with the majority of the actors recording their lines separately. Though Tom Holland and Christopher Pratt did end up recording some of their lines together because they are good friends and enjoy hanging out in real life. Oh, Star Lord and Spider Man. Yes. And uh, I, I wonder if that's some of the issue I had with this film. Oh, so I'm sure we'll, get, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into that. Okay. All right. Um, brief synopsis. Do you have a brief synopsis? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I do. Brief oh, I have a brief synopsis. Uh, perfect. I came prepared today. Uh, 
In a world inhabited by mythical creatures, magic was once commonplace, though difficult to master. So thanks to modern conveniences and technology, who needs magic? Great premise. Magic the Gathering meets D&D, and they're, they're all derivative forms of real history set against Weekend at Bernie's. There you go. That's onward. That's onward. Uh, All important internet scores. IMDb gave onward a 7.5. Rotten Tomatoes critic score is an 88. Fan score 95. 88% of Google reviewers liked onward. And I gave onward an 80%. All right, there you go. I felt like it was a movie from the 80s and deserved to thus be. You you fall in my 80s rule? I did. Yeah. You don't always. I don't always. But in this case, you are. I I did a 90. I did a, I gave onward a 90. Uh, I thought it was a very good movie, but not uh, not Pixar's best, but uh, certainly not their worst. And. as far as Pixar goes, I mean, it's tough when you compare all Pixar movies together. It Compared is. to other, like, kids' movies, it's, it's quite good. You know, you asked me uh, about, you know, Pixar movies and uh, something that we'll be doing over on the Patreon. And then I went and looked and how many Pixar movies I haven't seen. And there's a and lot. There, Well, I remember looking not long ago at how many Pixar movies there are. And there are far more than I that's what I, yeah, there I, are I far more Pixar movies than I recall. Although I have seen the majority of them. There's only one or two that I have not seen. Ooh, good for you, Sketch. I, um, I tapped out point. somewhere, like, there, I, there are way more Toy Stories than I thought there were. Yeah, they just did the fourth one. It's the only Toy Story movie I haven't seen is Toy Story 4. I haven't seen Coco yet, although I want to see Coco. Uh, um, uh, I didn't see Finding I Dory. I, didn't see I, I haven't seen a lot of the sequels. My yeah. problem with Toy Story 4 is I thought Toy Story 3 wrapped it all up so nicely. Didn't see Toy Story 3. Uh, Toy Story 3 was good. Wait, was that the one where Andy's like in college? Yes. Oh, I did see it. Oh, there you Look go. Look at that. Yeah, did it come out like 15 years ago? Spoiler alert for um, Toy Story 3. Um, Andy gives up the toys. Yeah. At the end to the little I girl. I did see that. That, that. No, that came out semi-recently. I would say within the last five to seven years. Well, I mean, the the big thing that I'm just shocked with is how quickly they can crank these movies out now. It if, used if it, to take a lot longer. It, it you know it was announced in 2017 and it came out in 2020. Yeah, and the and the you know enough of the movie was done that they could do the VO work in in December. Yeah, that's fast. Two it's a fast two turnaround. years. Yeah, for one of I these. Mean, I remember Toy Story took like ten years time. to animate a long, long the very time. first one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sketch. How much do you think Onward costs to make? Oh, God. I'm, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I hate these. Um, I love these. 125000 dollars <laughs> do, do you want do you want to revise that? $125 million. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or somewhere in between. Um, Disney no longer reveals how much their movies cost, but they don't have to. They don't have to. It is estimated to have cost between 175 and 200 million dollars. So, uh, basically the amount of Justice League. Oh. Or I guess, I guess Justice League was closer to 300, but, uh, like, uh, like as much as an Avenger movie it cost. Now, do you have the stats on what it made? Because I, I mean, I do. 
Okay. I do. How much do you think it made Sketch? And it was out for only like a week. There's and no and way. also, you know, digital streaming, Amazon Cinema. Um, um, $3 million. Oh, not, not that bad. Uh, $103.2 million. I was only which off by $100 is, which million. Is, which is pretty good considering it was only in theaters for a week. Yeah, honestly. It's, it's done a lot in streaming. Because I was also thinking like that week that they were in movies, even though the movie theaters weren't shut down yet, a lot of people were start, starting to not, shy away. Yeah, not going to the movies. Yeah. But okay. uh, it, it did pretty well for itself. That is that is surprisingly well for um, the circumstances. Yeah. Circumstances. Sketch, you want to start with, uh, I think that brings us to rants and raves. Yeah. Do you have any- you want to talk about the, the premise of the movie, the, the world of the movie before we get into that, or you just want to dive right in? No, let's just dive right in because cool. some of the premise parts for me are raves and some okay, of them are right. raves. Sure. So do you, want to, do you want to start with raves? Yeah, let's start with raves. Cool. You take one. Uh, the premise, I was all in for this. This it, it would appear that this was a movie that was tailor-made for me mm-hmm. um, with... You know, uh, Magic the, ga- the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons and, and po- positing a world in which it's all real. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and we just, like, over time arrived at all of these just derivative forms of, of faux history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know, if all of our, our favorite, like, movies based in mysticism were real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's just so cool. And yeah. then set that against like um, you know your suburban everyday mundane. I, th- I thought it was such like a, a wonderful message, particularly for the world that we're living in right now. Um, you know the you know the very fast paced world juxtaposed against uh, you know all of our hobbies and pursuits, and now looking around and all we have are our hobbies, and you know looking at you know people doing things that are are like bygone era playing like lawn lawn golf or. Uh, you know, hammocks in their backyard and raking leaves and and all of like the slow paced things that we kind of think of as yesteryear. I thought this was like a really cool, cool concept and yeah. message. Yeah, no, I agree. I I really liked the premise. Um, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for like mythology, and uh, you know, this is definitely more fantasy than mythology, but it still has that that kind of rooted in history, bringing it back. So many have forgotten it, and it's held on by just a few couple people, but it lives on as a game. Right. Um, and spoiler alert, that's kind of the knowledge of the game is what saves the day. Um, you know, it, ha- it had aspects that were reminiscent of like, um, of, um, oh, what's, what, what was the movie that we did about a year ago with, with Easter eggs? Um, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Yeah. You know, like the knowledge of the game and knowledge of how these things work um, is what leads our real world, in quotes there, uh, adventurers to their final goal. I really liked that. I also really liked the, um, the uh, you know, the catalyst of the, the whole story. What got everything going was this, this really kind of gut-wrenching, like real world problem of... of um, these two boys going through adolescence without their father. And, and um, I just thought they handled it really well, like the loss of their dad and yeah. 
not focusing. I mean, they they peppered in enough about the loss of their dad that you knew it was a traumatic event, and you knew it was like he wasn't like eaten by a dragon or something that you would, as an audience member, would just be like, yeah. oh, ha 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 ha. It was like really punched to the gut, kind of like like up was you know like really oh, like oh, yeah let's uh, just pump these brakes and grind everything to a halt right but then it didn't focus on that it focused on the on the two boys overcoming it right and or not overcoming it but growing up regardless and growing up through it and um i don't know i and and then the the, the very end message with with the two boys that it just it got me it got me <laughs> So mixing together the, the premise of this fantasy world and then that kind of message that is so just integral to real world, it was it was really nice. I really liked yeah. it. Yeah. A good Mary. Strong strong agree. Yeah. Yeah. Sketch, that was my rave. Do you want to take one? Yeah, I will say um the entire final act of the movie in, in a similar way that um Treasure Planet did that for me. As soon as the boys kind of conclude their quest and pop up and they're, oh, did we say spoilers for Onward? Spoilers for Onward. Um, and they <laughs> pop up and they're in front of the school. Everything from when they pop out of that manhole cover to the end of the movie, I was like... All in geek, for? Geeking out. I was yeah. all in for. When... Um, Chekhov's uh, uh, ancient temple fountain thing? Sure. <laughs> and when the mom and the manticore show up and start right, kicking yeah, yeah. ass, well, uh, that's when Ian and Barley have kind of their their reconciliation because Ian figures out that what he's been looking for has been there all along. Right, right. When when Ian does like the sacrifice, then it's 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 not a classic movie sacrifice, but you know it's a, this entire movie has hinged on that Ian wants so desperately to meet his father for right. the first time. Right, and when at the end when when push comes to shove, when when all the all the chips are down, he says to Barley, "You go, you, you go, you go, say goodbye, and tell him I said hello." Like for me, that was like Ian is a fucking man now. That's where he grew up, oh, not, right not in that moment. Guinevere on the highway. That was that <laughs> was like from the beginning of this movie to the end of this movie, he went through like all of adolescence, right? Like right, just right. rapid fire. Right. Um, I wrote down in my notes, like right, right after the Guinevere, um, when he's running from the cops, I think it was. I was like, yeah. oh, I fucking love Guinevere. And then right, right after that, she is not right. long for this world. She's not long for this world. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the way that Matt, the way he, he, he used all the magic that he had learned yes. throughout the movie in that final scene with the dragon was really awesome to me. Um, Hold on one second. Hold yeah, on. I see it. I see it there. Hey, LTLs, it's Shades here, and I just want to remind you that our sponsor this week, just like every week, is you, our longtime listeners. And you can become a sponsor of the show by heading over to patreon.com slash shades and sketch, where you can support the show for as little as $1 a month. But right now we are running our very new, very special geeking out kids club for adults who are basically still kids at heart. And you can go over to patreon.com slash shades and sketch and sign up at that tier today. Guys, we thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on in the GoCo. Now, back to this week's episode. Okay. Hello. 
Oh, hello. Oh, this meeting oh, is upgraded. Yes. Unlimited minutes. We can we can broadcast forever, Sketch. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's a strong agree. And I, I, for me, that's when the movie um, really, I started, uh, it, that's when it hooked me. And I'm almost wondering if though that's the part of the movie that Pratt and Holland recorded together. Um, because I felt like um, right from the time that they drove off-road mm-hmm. in Guinevere, Mm-hmm. Their their um, chemistry in connecting with each other was much better. The whole the whole movie up until that point felt very disconnected to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in the way it you know it felt like just people reading lines, and sure. then at at that point in the movie, you know, um, following the the ravens and uh, you know trying to figure out the the. You know, following each clue and the ravens and 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 their whole exchange after that felt very real. Like, um, I wonder if those are the parts of the movie that they recorded together. Yeah, and I I, I have more to say about that, but not in this section. If you okay. get my meaning, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree with you that uh, the way they used. Where it all came into fruition, where you know he the sacrifice really of of the movie is him losing the wizard staff, mm-hmm. but then using his magic to make a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was it, that part of the movie was really well done. Sketch. Um, can I take another one? Of course. Um, the Manticore and the mom story. Yeah. Uh, Octavia Spencer and Julia Louis Dreyfus. Wow, so good. Uh, like they had natural chemistry from from go from mm-hmm. the time the mom shows up and their whole quest. I wanted more more of that. Their stories were so interesting and and personally, I thought um, the better story that they were telling was you have this like mythical beast mm-hmm. who's a legendary adventurer who's given up adventuring to run a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like a Chuck E. Cheese, TGI Fridays restaurant. Yeah. Like rediscovering herself and, and the mom who Barley has told her, like, you're a warrior, mom. Like, you're a warrior. Like, you're a, a legendary warrior. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm a I warrior. I am a warrior. I am a warrior. Like, that, their stories were so much more interesting to me. And maybe it's just the pat, like, the fact now that that's the point in life that I'm at. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I just found their chemistry and their dynamic and their story and their journey so much more. Uh, there's just more gravitas to it. I loved the mom. Absolutely adored her. Um, I I even love that she has a payoff at the end because when yeah. she's climbing up the dragon, it's the jazzercise routine from the beginning. Right, of the movie. exactly. Check um, out the jazzercise routine. And I love that she... She never um, questions what's going on. She right. she at at no point thinks, "Well, this can't be true. This, this right. uh, the boys can't be doing that. My my late husband couldn't have been dabbling with magic, you know." Like <laughs> every she is supportive all all the way through from start right. to finish, and she is. A great character in that she is nurturing and motherly to these boys and a total badass. Yeah. Like she oh, yeah. she she is their melee fighter at the end of the movie. Yep. And it's you think awesome. it's gonna be the manicore, but it's not. 
and you believe it. You believe that she is a mighty warrior. Yep. And uh, oh, I just love the mom. And yeah, Julia, Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus, who I just I love anyway. But right. um, when so, I heard she was so in this good. movie, I was excited. And then when she had as much screen time as she did, I was right. I was extra excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, may I? Oh, please. May I? Yes. And this is this can kind of be said of all Pixar movies, but the 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 level of detail in this movie with like the little things that they they spread in. So I, I just wrote down some of my favorite things. Okay. Like I love that that cult, you know, the, the boyfriend. <laughs> he drives a Bronco. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. I I loved the um the bell, the school bell in the roar of the dragon. Yes, small little touch that was like extra menacing to me. Like, really loved that. And then, my God, the puns! I <laughs> loved all the puns, and I I have written down some of my favorites. May I may I share with you some of my oh, favorite puns? Please do. Okay. Um. So there are Trollex watches. <sighs> there are uh, the two soda brands I caught were Mountain Doom and yep. Cloak and Cola. The uh, video game at the beginning of the movie, Prance, Prance Revolution. Um, Saterade, instead of Gatorade. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Burger Shire, the burger place that he goes right. to, serves second breakfast now. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we did not get Pizza Planet in this movie. Because we did not we got, get Pizza Planet. We got Pizza Realm pizza in this Realm. movie. Right. And... Uh, Oh God! They did they have fun just peppering in these little things and background pieces all over the place, right? Uh, you know, like in the in the gas station and in the uh, you know, like just the shots of the town, right? Oh, they 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 didn't need to do that. They did not. Pixar does. They like to just add those little things. But I, uh, I did not. They were it was fantastic. But I did not. Uh, I I noted it in the the midstream that I said I would look for it. I did yes. not see. The Pizza Planet van. I did not see it in my first watch, but I did in the second. Did you find watch. it? It is when they are um, when they are um, in traffic for the toll booth. It is one oh. of the cars in in the toll line. The toll is, of course, collected by a troll. A troll uh, from Fantastic. from the uh, underbridge. That's the yes. name of the uh, the toll company or whatever. Right. Um, just all those little things. All those little things. I love them. Chase, do you have any more raves? Uh, I do, but I also just want to say uh, John Ratzenberger. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. Uh, he was in the film. He was one of the construction yeah, workers. Yeah, he was. I, again, I noticed that uh, not on my yeah. first time around, my second time around. Yeah. Because I remember you asked that in the midstream. Yep. He was in it. Um, Ray, oh, the, uh, the, just, Guinevere oh, and the whole, the whole chase sequence with the Guinevere. Um, and I just loved how he kept talking about how he, how he had you know rebuilt her and yep. how she was like a hunk of junk. It was, it was the millennium Falcon of this movie mm-hmm. and she was appropriately decrepit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but reliable. And, uh, he was, she was, um, tarnished enough that she had character. Right. She was not just a vehicle. And I love that instead of drive, it was O for onward. onward. That was a nice, 
way to connect that. And her little, her little um, ride off into Valhalla. Yes, was wonderful. Mix. Oh when, my goodness! And when the tire blows, so it looks right. like she's galloping, galloping, and, and all the uh, all the the parking oh tickets God. flutter out the window, so it looks like, like wings. Her wings. Yeah, yep. yeah. Oh, so so well done. Yeah, it was a sure. great sequence, and that whole chase sequence uh, with the the fair the pixies. Yeah, that was good. So it was, you know, that was really when you know Guinevere came into her own. Absolutely, as a as a character. And also when Ian started growing up a little bit. Right. Yep. 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 Big turning point for many characters in that movie. You got another one sketch. I mean, the last thing I'll say, um, rave wise is, is just the way they depicted the magic in this movie. Like, and I don't just mean like the look of like the explosions and the zappy zaps, but, um, like when they did the deception spell, I thought that was really visually clever. The mm. way that, like the the quote unquote camera kind of turned around the right, character, around so you the can see kind of the mask of of the spell, and uh, you know, I said it in Ant Man, and I'll say it here too. When you do size jokes well, <laughs> they're just good, and this movie handled the size thing it did. really well. Yeah, yeah. strong agree there. Um. I have one last rave, sure. uh, the, dr- the dragon. Oh yeah. The dragon. And the, the, and the, the, the face of the dragon wound up being the face of Very, the, yeah. the mural dragon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it kept, it kept changing. Like it gave itself angry eyebrows. Yes. Yes. When it, it was, when it realized it had been tricked, it popped yeah. up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, that I don't think I had had really had a belly laugh in this movie. Yeah. Until, until that moment, and yes. uh, I had started the movie with Elise, and uh, she she kind of tapped out on the first watching, and mm-hmm. then you know, kind of it's like, are you still watching Onward? Like it's a long movie. Was, it is a long Eight, movie, eighteen hours long. Yeah, oh uh, no, yeah. Um, took took us you know like a week. Yeah, yeah. To to get through it all. Um, but yeah, I think that was the first time I had a good hearty laugh with Onward. Yeah, as far as uh, especially Pixar movies go, not the funniest of Pixar movies. No, it was kind of a downer. Um, but I agree with you. That was one of the best uses of comedy in the movie. That was that was I, that was definitely the the joke that stuck the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, and just I, the I, dragon was really cool too. It was. It was a really cool dragon. Yeah. It was a it was a wiggling dragon. And well, beat the arm on the back. Should we um should we switch over to a couple rants? Should yeah, we, I do. We each I do have, have a couple some. rants. Now I'm guessing that you have more than me because you have a, a, a lower score than me. So do you want to take one first? Sure. Um and I'll just come right out and say this. Watching a half man walk around was disturbing. Oh boy. Uh, uh, and you know, it's not a big question, but where was the rest of him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, it was just like sentient legs walking around. Sure. Um, and it, it, like, I, I, maybe I'm thinking about it too much, but like your legs are controlled by a brain. Yeah. Like he was obviously cognizantly communicate. They could play like shaving a haircut, drumming on his foot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where was the rest of him? Yeah. Um, and 
and also like the footsie communication was bizarre. It wasn't okay. just like a thing that they did. They kept coming back to it. Mm-hmm. So it was, well, it, it I will. Not, it did not. Uh, I don't think it had the desired effect that they were hoping for. Like I the, will half leg person. I will defend the movie in so much as if your character is is nothing except from the belt down. Right. The feet are the safest thing to communicate oh, through. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, this movie certainly deposits that there is an afterlife of sorts. Right. Um, that is at least somewhat documented because the father was confident enough to leave this spell that he would be right. able to be called from um wherever where wherever and yeah those legs and those feet they were uh they were experiencing time for a day right so was the upper half like when when the father finally got to speak to barley did uh, right. did he remember the events of the day through his that, legs that's yeah that's kind of like where i'm going with this mm-hmm. like I don't know. It's so, it was so, and and maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but it was just such a bizarre choice. It was disturbing at times, mm-hmm. especially like when they put the, uh, the, the stuffed, the stuffed top, body on top of it, uh, on top of him. Yeah. It, then it was like weekend at Bernie's. Oh, I and will say I, I did laugh well, then when he came out of the car, when the cops pulled him over. Oh yeah. I did laugh um, there too. That was good. It was like, it, it was, was very so, weekend at Bernie's. I mean, it the, was. And, for all for all intents and purposes, his upper half was dead. Yeah, it was just dead weight, flopping around. Yeah, <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's is such yeah. a great movie. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, it did have a lot of those elements to it when they're walking around with this half a father. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they had him on like a do- on the dragon leash. They like had him on the dragon leash. dragon leash. And guys, you know, we've all had that like moment if you if you have a dog with one of those leashes like oh i could turn this into a grappling hook but they're not that strong you couldn't hoist someone up off a ledge with it what about half a half a person and the belt loop on the pants would break that yeah it was a very sturdy belt loop it was a very sturdy belt loop yeah yeah all right well i mean i'll i'll um i'll take a rant here that i think also pokes holes in some of the uh the uh the rationality of the movie shall we sure way too many convenient off ramps in this movie oh i thought that when he there got were, on i was like what 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 why is there there, there nowhere in america is there an on ramp that an off ramp that close to your on there and it happened three times three that there times. was an off ramp exactly where they needed one I'll, i I'll give you one movie. I give you one right, convenient right, right. off ramp, and I will sustain. I will suspend my disbelief. You do it two, three times. Now we are way. We are beyond fantasy. Right at this point. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. I, that's that's. I'm so glad you wrote that down because I thought that yep. from the first time he got on the highway all through the movie. Yep, that was yep. so unbelievable. Convenient. Maybe that was the most unbelievable thing of the movie. To me, it truly was the most unbelievable thing of the movie was that there is an interstate system in this land with 
off-ramps that convenient. Right. And that close together. And that close together. Yeah, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm I right don't buy that you. part. Um, well, I'll, I'll follow that up with the, the most unbelievable thing to me was Guinevere going off-road. There's, yeah. it, there's no way that van would have survived going down that road. I would have a, a simple, <laughs> a simple fix for that would have been if Colt was, was tracking them through just a bunch of parts that had fallen off of Guinevere all right. along the way. Exactly. Yeah. The, the bumper fell off at the beginning <laughs> and then she held true until the very, very end. I was like, no way. Yeah. No way in hell that van makes it down that road. She, they basically should have been driving in basically like the Tommy Boy car. Yeah. Just with nothing left of it at the end. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel better now. Yep. Yep. No. What else you got, Sketch? I'm with you on these. Um, the Pixies. <laughs> I really, I, I thought the chasing with the motorcycles was great. Oh. I loved how it took like 12 Pixies per motorcycle to drive them all in unison. I liked all that. <laughs> but what I what I could not believe was that they, they just forgot how to fly. Right. They, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm with you still, movie. But then... One crash and all of a sudden their instincts kick in and they all know how to fly. That I didn't buy. If you gave me all all of the pixies hit the ground, save one, and that one pixie's like, what? Okay, I'll buy that. All the pixies from a motorcycle, these are rough and tumble (laughs) pixies. This is is not their first scrape, okay? (laughs) At some other point in their life, their, their wings should have kicked in. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. And we um, say a rant and then takes you out of the movie. And uh, then yeah, took me out of the did. movie. Uh, the, the Pixies in general kind of took me out of the movie. The Pixies were used a little... T- they were funny in a small dose. But right. then it was like, yeah, we get Too it. They're, pixie. It, it it's, it's funny because they're not what you expect with Pixies. They're, right. they're a biker gang Pixie. Okay, we get it. Ha ha ha. Um, there were too many things going on. There were too many stories. There was the, um, what is Tom Holland's character's name? I keep forgetting. Ian. Ian, thank you. Ian Ard, right? That's what, uh, Brank, uh, wait, uh, Bailey. Bailey, I mean, um, him. no, is it Bailey? Yeah, it is. What, what uh, is his name? Barley. Barley. See, I Barley. knew it was something in that realm. Barley. We saw this movie a long time, listeners. Yeah. Um, it, there's the story that you know he he wants desperately wants to meet his dad, yep. but then there's also the story that he doesn't have any friends. But then there's yep. also the story that he's learning to be a a, a wizard. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the story that he's like learning to become a man. But then mm-hmm. there's also the story that like he has this he's ashamed of his brother. But then there's also the story that he has to like uh the like the, the sacrifice storyline that he's you know he's becoming the one that's going to take care of barley now and then there's the mom story then there's the dad story then there's the manicore story it's like there are no supporting characters um like everybody like had even colt has like the the fucking storyline of like he's being a stepfather to these kids who who you know don't respect him they're still like dealing with the loss of their dad it's just like are there no side characters in this movie? Even the fucking Pixies had like a storyline. Yeah. 
Um, so it was just, there were like too many things crammed in and like the friends show up, but he invites them for birthday cake badly. And then they show up at the end of the movie again. The and it's friends, like, the friends were the most unnecessary plot right. point of the movie. Um, we we did not need the friends to understand that he was shy and right. um, not very good in social situations. And we did not need the friends at the end to say, oh, I'll see you at the park to know that he had overcome a bunch of stuff. Right. There was enough in the movie that 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 we um, we got it. We got a movie. I will agree. There was a lot going on, especially with Ian. And, and it kind of brings me to my kind of my biggest rant of the entire movie is Ian for the most part because yeah. he is the main of main characters which to be fair is part of why the the sacrifice at the end really surprised me on my first watch through that oh Ian is not going to be the one that gets to meet his dad did not right. see this coming um but they they put I'll agree all, with that too. I did not see that coming. Yeah, and and they put a lot on Ian in this movie, and I don't know if it was the way Tom Holland voice acted him. I mean, I thought he was written decently, other than having a lot of things going on. But right, he did, he did not seem to have the the range of emotions I was expecting from a Pixar movie. Well, I'll just say Tom Holland has been doing a lot of voice acting lately, but I don't think he's a strong enough voice actor to carry a movie. Yeah. And I will say the same thing of Chris Pratt. I know we we disagreed on this. I don't think Chris Pratt has done enough voice acting to carry an animated movie um on his on his shoulders. Mhm. I just, uh, you know, and I, I wrote my rant. My last rant is Tom Holland and Chris Pratt are not, not voice actors. And it was a mistake to hang the whole movie, particularly on Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, cause they both operate longtime listeners. This makes for great audio, but you can't see what it's like. They're, they're both up here always. Yeah. Even when they're supposed to be like down here, mm-hmm. they're up here. Yeah. They have like one speed. Like, ah, ah, it's all, like up here. That's it. That's all they got. And, and and also like Chris Chris Pratt is just not like I never believe that Chris Pratt is a guy that hangs around and plays D and D. This would like Barley would appear to have been a role that was written for Jack Black. Yeah, he felt very Jack Black. He felt very Jack very Black. Very Jack Black. Um, and I kept thinking that the whole movie, like, oh man, what a missed opportunity to cast Jack Black in this in this role. Yeah, I I was honestly I was fine with Chris Pratt. I think. Um... For me, it comes down to that the 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 magnifying glass, the spotlight was on Ian and Tom Holland like yeah. the entire time. Um, it was far much more his story than it was Barley's story. So Barley was more you know one dimensional in that he was this guy, this caricature right. of a of a of a character that we we've, we've all seen in in different media, but. Um, Ian was supposed to be a little more nuanced and a little more relatable to like, right. oh, this is something everyone has gone through. And and let's see the whole range of... And it was... I mean, his sorrow was kind of light sorrow. And right. his joy was light joy. Light joy. Like, we didn't have a lot... We didn't stray far from the center of emotion. Um, I agree. And typically, Pixar... 
does. Pixar goes for the the big joy and the big sad. Right. Um, and this movie it did I, for me, I will admit, I'm I'm happy to admit, I got choked up at the sacrifice at the end. I got choked up again at my second viewing of the sacrifice, even wow. knowing it was coming. Um, but you know, certainly didn't have the gravity of of you know, certainly like an up or an inside out or a or a yeah. Toy Story or or even Incredibles. Oh, certainly not you Incredibles. Know? Um, I mean, I'll just come out and say, like, it, there was something about this movie that didn't feel like a Pixar movie. Mm. It felt more like a DreamWorks movie, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how to qualify that other than to say that there's a there's a feel to a, a DreamWorks movie and there's a feel to a Pixar movie. Oh, there definitely is, and and there are um certain DreamWorks movies that I I often think of as as like oh this is like this is DreamWorks Pixar movie like this is them right. to that level right. and there are certain DreamWorks movies that I would put above this one. Oh yeah. You know as far as hitting those emotional beats. Um but it's still like and but when you compare as long as we're comparing studios when you compare it to like a um just a, a flat Disney, no Pixar, just Disney. Right. The Disney ones, in my opinion, have always remained flatter yes. emotionally. Yep. Um, and so this was closer to that, but it didn't it didn't get as flat as a right. purely Disney animated feature. I agree with that. Um, I think a, a, a straight Disney animation movie is a lot flatter than a Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, and I want to do. There are some DreamWorks movies I'd love to do on the show um, that we should we should. Oh, I'm game. We should. I get love me works. a open season. Uh, I don't think I ever saw open season. <gasps> my fun. my go to DreamWorks is is without a doubt How to Train Your Dragon. Absolutely love How to Train Your Dragon. Great, it's great, great um, universe. I would love to do that trilogy. Did you ever see um, Megamind? You know, I didn't. I think we gotta do that one for the show because that is like an that is like a <laughs> hidden gem of a movie. Is that Steve Carell? No, um, it is Will Farrell and George Clooney and Tina Fey. Oh wow! Yeah, sign uh, me up for that sketch. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Long time listeners, I'll watch the shit out of that. We're gonna have a Megamind uh, episode at some point coming up. I would love to also do uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, that's one I haven't seen. So we'll do it. That's the claymation one, right? It's it's stop motion, but it's stop not stop motion. So yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Wes Anderson. Do you have any other rants before we move on to the old BQs? Um, no, I will just reiterate that the most unbelievable thing in the movie in a world populated with magic was Guinevere making it down that road. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She just believed. She did. In her heart's fire. <laughs> I was happy Guinevere lived on in Guinevere the Second. Guinevere the Second, yeah. Not as cool, but uh, not as cool, but something rather than nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Uh, I I have I have one other rant, but I'm going to save it for after BQs because spoiler alerts for this episode. I have a sketchy theory. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh. and that that rant would. take me down that rabbit hole. So I'll save it for a moment or two. All right, sketch. I'll allow it. I think that brings us to BQs. BQs. You got big questions. I'll give you a big A. See what we can do here. 
uh, you want to go first? Sure. You got a problem, Shades? Do I do I have a problem? No, that's my that's my big question. Oh. I loved in the movie oh, right. Yeah, how the right. pixies yeah, yeah. called them Shades. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to oh, use oh, that. Oh, you got a problem, Shades? Yeah. Oh, it's on, Shades. It's on, Shades. It's like, oh. That's it. That's a light. That's, that's a light that's one for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, how does Colt drive the Bronco? How does he even fit in the Bronco? I assume there are no... There's no seat. He's just kind of like squatting in the Bronco. Bronco is a, is a Minotaur. And, uh, yeah, Colt is a, is a, a Centaur. Uh, Colt, uh, Centaur, right. Uh, Colt and, Bronco. And, um... And he drives a Ford Bronco. He drives a Ford Bronco. And there is one little scene because my <laughs> wife actually laughed because it's one of those like cute things that makes her laugh when he stamps his little hoof on the gas yeah. or the brake. <laughs> and she laughed and I was like writing down a note. So I was like, what, what was it? And I backed it up and we, we watched it again, the little hoof right. hitting the, the pedal. <laughs> the- um, but yeah, I would assume there's no seats because when he tries to sit at the um, at the dining room table, I mean, it, he, causes oh. a, he causes a ruckus. Havoc. Destroys um, everything. Yeah. He is, um, he's also nude from the waist down at all times. <laughs> that he is. Um, in a way, I don't think any of the other creatures were. Like they, no, like even they all the, had um, pants. The fawn, which have hooves. I Correct. believe they also were wearing pants. Wearing pants. So, um, all right, Colt. He's we just, have some questions he's just Donald ducking it. He is it's just fine. out there. Uh, the full Colt. <laughs> Silver bullet, if you will. Hardly working. Oh boy. Um, here's a question. How do you tattoo fur? <laughs> the manicor has tattoos all over her arms. Yep. All over her body. Yep. How do you tattoo fur? Yep. Cause on the second watching, I was like, well, maybe it's just painted on or something. No, those are like clearly supposed to be They're tattoos. Uh, and maybe I don't know enough about tattooing furred creatures. Maybe there is a way. Uh, but I am unaware. Long-time listeners, right into the show. Yeah, share pictures if you Is have there any a way to ta- tattoo furred creatures? Yeah. Uh, I, because, well, I mean, there's brand. You can brand them, but those were not brands. Those were not brands because they were in full color. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, like, I was under the understanding that, like, the Manticore had more than one quest. But like right. her, her tats were like seemed primarily to be this quest. One quest. Yes. <laughs> Unless they're like Maui and they they change because his tattoos <laughs> like would animate and tell a story. Right. Maybe, maybe hers do as well. I guess that's the big question. I uh I don't I don't have an answer for you on that one, Sketch. Yeah, that's a mystery. You, it is. That's a true um, mystery. Did the manicor kill the pawn shop? Broker? No, she because she she um she clearly said that she only paralyzed her. Right, but isn't scorpion venom deadly? Yeah, but I mean she's a manticore. Maybe manticore venom is l- less deadly. And she went right for the neck, <laughs> right for the neck, like and, right in the jugular. Yeah, and and <laughs> no remorse. Like boom, the, down. The woman was on the floor, and she she did gurgle out. Uh, you can't do this. I'm pretty sure she died. Sketch. And uh, she very well might have. Uh, I'm pretty sure. For for all we know, there is. There is no version of the story in which I would believe that the Manticore has not murdered in the past. I mean, that (laughs) creature has 
without a doubt has blood on her claws. Right. Um, and maybe the pawn shop owner oh was just goodness. another in her long line of victims. <laughs> I did like in the movie where when she was like, no one, no one ever said you had to take risks to go on an adventure. And they're like, actually, um, you, you just did. did. It's, it's just said. Like written on the wall behind right. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, my my uh, my last big question is is kind of a a biggie just because I was thinking about it. What could you equate this to in our world? Oh boy! Like what um, what knowledge has been lost? Now, there's plenty of knowledge that has become outdated, and we've surpassed it, but. In this movie, magic is real. It's still there, even though people don't right. believe in it. Right. Um, and and part that part of the movie, it felt very real and very genuine to me. Like, oh yeah, a world that that forgets about its roots and and old tech, quote unquote, technologies. But I'm, I was thinking, like, but. Even though it feels very familiar, what is it that we have? I actually have an answer for this sketch. That's perfect. That's why I put it in um, the queue. And I thought of this while, like, I was like, oh, this is an allegory for the way we used to make movies. Ooh. Uh, and movies used to be about the art. Mm-hmm. They didn't call them, they were, they were, they were pictures. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they didn't make movies, they made pictures. They were they were like great works of art, and it didn't matter how much they cost or how much they made. It was about giving this experience to the masses. And and now movies are just about you know opening weekend and and how much money they gross. Yeah. And and you know how the special the special effects are are more important than the story that you're often telling. Going for the lazy um, way, the audience is lazy. They just want yeah. the the big flash. They don't want to mm-hmm. put in the work of following a story and invested in performances. Exactly. Movie magic. Yeah. Which is like something the, that we used to talk about a lot. Exactly. Like the experience of, of the movie over the, the profit, mm-hmm. the art over the profit. Yeah. I like it. That's a good answer. Thank you. That's, that is what we can equate it to. That's, that's the knowledge that has been, has been lost in, in only, and only a select few still hold on to it, but the masses and, no longer do. I uh, yeah, I I think that's I I think it's a rather uh, apropos of it, and and I'll just say good on Disney for for putting this movie out. I mean, it it had already come out, but certainly they could have delayed it. Mm-hmm. They could have you know had it come out in another six months. Mm-hmm. Um, good on them for putting it out, and uh, shame on some other movie studios who have movies that are ready to drop that they are pushing back. Just to make the money, money. Just to make the money in the box office weekend. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, kind of misguided. I mean, if anything, this whole this whole thing is going to really change the way we see movies. It is. And I know. You know. I don't. I don't want to get political here, but some, you know, this is this is not going to end anytime soon. Yeah, we're in it for a little while here. Or yeah. I, we're uh, we're recording as of uh, Tuesday, April fourteenth. Hello. This is, this is going to go on for a while. I don't I don't think we'll be back to back to normal by April thirtieth or, or or May May fifteenth or whatever people are saying. 
Okay, so if this is Tuesday, April 14th, then that means by the time this episode comes out, hey, happy birthday, Tim Hoshi. Yay! Because if uh, if you're listening to it the, the weekend this dropped, then uh, your your birthday just happy passed. Happy birthday! And happy birthday, friend of the pod, Tim Hoshi, host of uh, Hidden Histories. Hidden Histories. Another great podcast about real worlds. Ours is, ours is about fake worlds. Fake worlds. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah. So, so just to, 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 to wrap up that thought, it does seem silly and archaic to hold on to, um, I'm talking about the studios here. Right. Hold, hold on to, well, we'll just, um, we'll just have everything, when everything goes back to normal, we'll just launch everything the right. way they've always been launched. Things, there's going to be a new normal. Yeah. Things, things are not going to, exactly go back the way they were and and a lot of people now are discovering things that they've probably been hesitant uh to do and i and i've been thinking of you know some of the older generation who's who is very hesitant to um buy things online or order things oh, online. absolutely and i mean now now that they have to it's kind of like oh right well, this was wasn't that bad this wasn't that scary we, right we can continue yeah, doing the, the the world has been artificially stagnant in a lot of regards just because you know there is a contingent of our population that has refused to adapt certain things mm-hmm. and and you know it's gonna happen now just like in onward exactly i i i wore this shirt for onward today sketch i don't know if you can see it. it's my sunnydale high oh hellmouth shirt nice Nice. I felt it, it went along with onward and also the current state of affairs. Yeah, yeah, the hellmouth. Yeah, and your uh, heart's fire. And my heart's fire. Yeah. Do you have any more big questions before we put on our tinfoil hats and journey down the <laughs> rabbit hole of a sketchy theory? Um, you know, I I don't. Okay. I'm out of BQs and I am excited. Let me Listeners. Uh, bust out my tinfoil hat here. Listeners. This started as a rant. But then, here's the thing. Too many connections lined up. Uh-oh. When I make a sketchy theory... No. 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 Reverse that. When a sketchy theory comes to me, okay, <laughs> it, it cannot be based purely on one instance in a movie or a property. There has to be at least two things that line up before I start going down the rabbit hole. And in this movie... I think you'll find an alarming situation is happening. And this is the, this is the scariest part. It lines up with my sketchy theory of the Incredibles universe, meaning that I officially have my own Pixar theory. Now, if you remember in the Incredibles episode, we talked about how I believe the true villain in the Incredibles universe is the government, right. which is um, basically making placating the masses and making them forget right. uh, about the powered individuals. Well, I think the same thing is happening in this movie. Because originally, my rant was, I don't believe that a world would just forget about magic when we've seen spells that aren't replicated with technology. There are certain things that he does that technology has not replicated. Right. Okay. So it got me thinking. It got me thinking. 
why why would everybody actively forget, forget about, about magic magic something has to be working against magic and i landed upon the government because the government long-time listeners is the entity in onward that is tearing down all of the old historical magical sites which okay, are just leveling them to the ground erasing the history from the people because the history is there the, the history of magic is there it is but that's positive that alone that's just that's a crazy guy in a box corner saying that <laughs> on, on, a, on, a, on a on a soapbox on the corner okay you right. need something more tangible and then i thought about the manticore okay how can you have an entity such as the manticore that exists in this world who was there for adventurers and magic she she remembers sending people on quests. She knows that magic exists. How do you still have the population at large deny the existence or at least the power of magic? This and was the a- answer is the government. <laughs> this was the- a rant for me that I like put aside. It was like, how old is the manicore? The manicore apparently remembers. is very old. Yes. Like, how, what is the timeline for this? Yes. She apparently is a timeless creature. Because, because she, she remembers, remembers the, time the world of time. magic. Yes, she does. But she and now is, she runs a restaurant. She is figuratively declawed. Her potency in society <laughs> is taken away, and she's turned it's into a sham of herself. And what leads her to this decline? Tax problems. Oh, tax problems. That's right. Yes. She sells her mystical sword because she runs into tax problems. And I guarantee you, if we pull up the documents, the tax documents of the Manticore Tavern, we will see fabricated information, we will see faulty claims, and we will see an attack on a magical being. I deposit a world in which the government is so afraid of magic and magic users that rather than Rather than just deny its existence, because that can be fought, that can be fought easily, they've, they've relegated it to the world of myth and children's games. So anyone would just laugh it off. But that's, here's what, that's a good sketch. Here's what I want for the sequel. I want to find out that uh, the quests of yore is actually a secret way of communicating for an underground magical resistance. <laughs> they know the truth. And by spreading the it. knowledge through the game, we're going to bring magic back to the people. I love it. Now it deposits the question. I don't, I don't have enough here. So I, you know, I'm not going to attack him and his character, but it does deposit the question that cult as an agent of the government, is he a plant? He's, he's the enemy in the Lightfoot house. Because Will Lightfoot was dabbling in magic. Is he a plant making sure the children do not develop magic? I don't know. I, it's not my place to make those accusations. But I won't say nay either. <laughs> that's the sketchy theory. I see, I see what you did there. The government. That's, wow, that is a, that's one hell of a theory sketch. The government is the hiding government. the magic. Government. Which government sketch? The government of um, Mushroom, New Mushroom Town. New Mushroom Town. Yeah, um, and and I do not know when they're destroying these old sites. I mean, the question is, 
does the government officials, do they believe in the magic? Are they just trying to tear down the image to not give people the idea? Or are they robbing these places of their artifacts and hoarding the magic for themselves? I don't know. I guess that's the question. That's the question. Is there an Indiana Jones-style warehouse somewhere where they're stashing all of these mystical objects? I would not be surprised. And I say that's the sequel. I say that's the sequel. Well, We find the underground magical beings and they take the fight to the government. Well, you know, it's a Pixar movie, so in 14 years, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. 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 And I mean, look at how easy it was to get an, an, an undocumented weapon at a pawn shop. That, That's true. Yeah, they, they had to go and get that uh, that ten dollar, make it ten thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar. Well, just murderer. Yeah, and take it. He did pay though, and a little <laughs> extra for her trouble. A little extra for her trouble. But and I love how on the way out she was like, "It's a lovely store here," and she's sugarcoating everything. But she right. still flips the the sign from open to close. To close because she's yeah. still she's still a little malicious there. Yep. Right. Yep. No one's no one's going to come to help you. You know. Uh, oh my goodness! That's my sketchy theory, and it and it lines up with my Incredibles theory. And as we tackle other Pixar movies, I, I might see that this this rabbit hole goes down even further. I'll I'll keep you Clearly. all posted. Yeah, I mean, so just just off the top of my head, certainly that uh, that jives with Wally. Oh yeah, oh the, yeah, sir. The government. Yeah, uh, there are harder movies to 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 pin it on. Like a Bug's Life would be a little difficult. Ratatouille, one of my personal favorites, would also be a little difficult. But you know what? I'm going to put in the time. Okay. I'm going to put in the time. I, I look forward to exploring this theory more, Sketch. Yes. Yep. Because we all know the Pixar theory. This is this is my Pixar theory. There you go. Oh, and, and guys, if you just want the exclamation point on this theory, it's been staring us in the face since the original Toy Story. Because in the Pixar opening, Pixar little stinger at the beginning. The lamp, the shining light that is illuminating all, comes into frame and crushes what letter? The most individual letter of all, the I. And after murdering the individuality out of the word Pixar, it stares at the audience as if to say, message received. Sketch, uh, I think you've been hitting the Kool-Aid a little too hard, uh, but we will, we'll see how this, we will see how this plays out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If I go missing, you guys know it was Big Pixar. <laughs> it's the mouse. It was Big Lamp. I think that brings us to, at this point, Sketch, Shades, Shades and Sketch Recommendations. We did our best with that. A quarantine edition. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Shades, what are you going to recommend for uh, this episode? Of oh, you put me on the spot. Uh, oh, I... did you not have something prepared? I'll go with mine. Yeah. Go with yours. Okay. My recommendation is something I just mentioned in midstream, but I'm getting really into it. Actually, maybe that's why I'm getting into the conspiracy theories. I'm re-watching Gravity Falls uh, with Doodle. Sure. And here's what I didn't realize. I never finished Gravity Falls. So I think it was in <laughs> wow. that, that time where my cable provider like cut a bunch of ca- channels from me. So I only ever saw 
season one in its entirety and some of season two, because I am uh, in the midst of season two right now, Gravity Falls, and bombshells have been dropped. The story has become a continuous uh, story of, of mystery and conspiracies and and uh, it has become more self-aware of itself as a story and as a cultural experience. And I am enjoying the shit out of it. Uh, <laughs> so I highly recommend checking out Gravity Falls. There's only three seasons. I didn't even know there was a third season. I didn't, I I didn't know there was a third season. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to finish it. Um, but you could find it on Disney+, Plus. but I'm sure you could find it other places too, you tech-savvy internet people. Uh, but Gravity Falls is my recommendation for this Very episode. Cool. All right, Sketch. Uh, I am, I am just having a ball, uh, you know, playing my way through this. So I am going to recommend Star Trek Online, celebrating its tenth anniversary. It was one of the original MMOs to launch, and oh my goodness, it's just everything that I've ever wanted out of life. Um, wow, to- out of life. Out of, you yes, you can't get a better recommendation than that. It is everything that I've ever wanted out of life. It is like the perfect. If you are a Trekkie, it is the quintessential experience of like working your way through a career in Starfleet, um, and you know just the way that it sends you on missions and the way you acquire ships and um, just the act of exploring the galaxy of star trek and going to places like deep space nine and uh deep space five and and in you know ex- exploring things from across the the jj abrams movies and the original series and tng um you know going to the delta quadrant the gamma quadrant and just like the act of playing an mmo that's based around exploration and and cultivation of of relationships and spreading the message of the Federation. Um, And and it's not without its, you know, its foes where you'll have to engage in battles. Um, But just, wow, what a well-crafted game. Um, Sketch, no secret, you and I played uh, DC Universe Online Mm -hmm. for for a stretch, and it was just, it was clunky and wonky, and they kept changing it on us to the point where it just didn't, it wasn't fun to play anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember that opposite experience every time they every time they do a patch it's just it's so fun uh for april fools i kid you not longtime listeners um i was listening to they replaced all the sound effects in the game when you fired phasers you heard pew 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 and when you engaged warp drive it just went and i i have not laughed so hard in so long um so it's just a, a glowing recommendation a fun time it's free to play on Steam, on Xbox, and on PlayStation 4. Um, just a really fun experience, and I highly recommend it. And it's all you all you could ever want in life, I believe. It's all the- I could ever want in life. I'd, I've been, I have been playing it since March 21st. I'm already a fleet admiral, and I, I and I've it just keeps spiraling and adding new campaigns and and I'm just I'm just tickled all over that I get to live in the Star Trek universe. Great time to play some video games. It is. And all those people who were uh, demonizing video games they're kind of <laughs> quiet right now. Yes, they are. Because uh who would have thunk it? 
Who would have? Video games could quite literally save the world right now. These guys. Yep. Yep, it is. It's a great time to be playing video games, listening to a podcast. Sketch, you going to play some Star Trek online? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. You said you can get it on Steam? You can get it on Steam, you can get it on PS4. Okay. Star Trek on... I don't know, that it's, I don't know that it's cross-platform between like Steam and, and PS4. What do you play it on? I play it on PS4. That makes sense. I do, not have a gaming, yeah. I do not have a gaming computer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Gravity Falls and the Star Trek online game. There you go. Those are two great recommendations for your, they uh, are. For your quarantine, for your, your quarantine. social distancing, yeah. and your uh, foreseeable future. There you go. There you go. And uh, shout out to um, all of our new uh, patron subscribers. Thank you so much for... Yeah, thanks, guys. For uh, helping us keep the lights on in the GoCo. And... Um, Especially just, now, because it's a tough time for a lot of people. So it's it is, super it is. appreciated. It is, yes, very much so. We are just nine new subscribers away from our Patreon-exclusive Cats episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cats. The Can't butthole wait, cut. Sketch. The butthole oh, cut. Release the butthole cut. not wait for that. Little T-Swift, right? She's in that. She's uh, Lisa. the Cats. Rebel Taylor Wilson Swift, is a, uh, Rebel is a Wilson. cat. Uh, James Gordon. Oh, Andrew is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. It's quite wow. a cast. A lot of people in this that yeah. probably don't want people to know they're in it. <laughs> probably not. Oh, a couple more and, Patreon subscribers and we'll tell you everyone who's in it. Oh, yes, we will. And um, long-time listeners, thanks so much for making us part of your COVID-19 survival kit. We're uh, we're going to be here right, be right here with you, potting along through this. Um, be right and, with you at a, at a socially appropriate distance. Yes, I mean exactly. We will remain under our Mandalorian helmets. Yes, of course, of course. And uh, we'll see you r- right back here. We'll wait, shades. Oh, oh, yeah. we're, oh, we're going to take anything? Are you going to take anything from onward? Oh, uh, well, you know. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take one of your two. I I figured. I figured. I'm gonna I do figured. it. Figured. Yeah. That was a sweet, sweet spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like um, a spoiler on a van. Sketch. And it, it, it had a very uh, Back to the Future uh, exit in the movie as well. Oh, it made, that made me uh, think. Think as well. Like it reminded me um, when the when they showed up with the Pixies a couple times. They had the Back to the Future like stinger in there. Oh yeah, like you the, said that. Doo, 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 doo. And I and I went back and rewound, and it was in there a lot. I don't know what that's about, but it did have the Guinevere two did have a very Back to the Future exit. Yes, yes, where they're going, they don't need no roads. Yeah, I am going to take a copy of Quests of Lore. Oh, there you go. Uh, Learn how to play a little bit, and also find any secret hidden messages for our brothers in the Resistance. (laughs) I'm with you, my friends. Okay, my heart's fire burns. Something about focus. Something about focus. So, guys, I guess that just means... Onward! Onward. We'll see you next time, guys. See you next time. If you'd like to take a more active role in supporting Geeking Out, visit us at patreon.com slash shades and sketch. Our website is shows.acast.com slash geeking out. You can email the show at gowithshadesandsketch at gmail.com or contact us through Facebook or Twitter. Geeking Out is a production of Tree Cave Creative, LLC. All rights reserved, 2020.
Do I have anything to click from over here? No, you do not. 